Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Amos chapter 3. Let's go back to Amos chapter 3 and let's revisit. This may be my last. We'll see because God's already dealing with me about more. But I I have broke my six, six... CD mark, my six message mark. You know, usually I've got, I, I managed to get to that four and then I got to that six. So I think we're on part nine or 10 right now of how to agree with God. But I, it's such an important uh, thing for us to master. Amos chapter three asks a question and it's a question that applies to all of us. It says in verse three, can two walk together except they be agreed can too walk together except they be agreed. For us to walk with God, we need agreement with God. And God's not going to change to come down to agree with us. We come up to agree with his way of thinking. We come up to agree with his word. We come up to agree with his precepts. Our agreement with God is something that we are continually working on as we walk with him in this relationship and we know him more. We adjust so that we see it from his perspective and we perceive it from his perceptions. So we want to investigate every area of our life and find out, am I in agreement with God where that's concerned? Do I agree with God in that area of my marriage? Do I agree with God in that area of my finances? Is my, is my way of thinking his way of thinking? And so Isaiah 48, 17, and I'm going to pull a different translation uh, for us this week just to get a little bit different viewpoint on this. We've looked at Isaiah 48, and God introduces himself and identifies how he will specifically desires to deal with us. And he, in the God's Word translation is what I'm going to read for 17. Isaiah 48, 17 from God's Word said, This is what the Lord, your defender, the Holy One of Israel says, I am the Lord, your God. I teach you what is best for you. I lead you where you should go. I teach you what is best for you. I lead you where you should go. So God says, I'm doing my part. My part is to teach you. My part is to lead you, which leaves us to our part. Our part is to learn and our part is to follow. So we need to be very good students. You are a student of God. God wants to teach you. And the better you are at being a student, the more you're going to get out of his class. The more attention you bring to his teaching, the more you're going to take away. Isn't that what Jesus said in Mark chapter 4? He said, with the measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear, that will determine the measure of revelation and understanding you receive back. Now, that's the amplified version there in Mark 4. It says, with the measure you measure, it shall be measured to you again in King James. But the Amplified identifies that it's talking about the measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear. 
If you let it go in one ear and out the other, you're not going to get much out of it. But if you'll say, you know what? God spoke something to me and I'm going to write it down and I'm going to come back and I'm going to rehearse it and I'm going to visit it again. I thought it was interesting. I was uh, uh, listening to a minister. He was a minister who came up under Dr. Dufresne. His name is Michael Jacobs. And he was talking about an experience that he had in prayer. And he said, I was in my church in a prayer meeting. And uh, I was praying for the missionaries that we support in Mexico. And he said, as I was praying for these missionaries, I I stood up in front of the congregation and I I said to the congregation, we're going to pray for, and he called the, the gentleman's name. And he said, the moment I closed my eyes, I was in a room. And in this room, there were angels moving around in the room. And he said, the angels would come up to me and I would speak to them in tongues and they understood what I said. And I would speak to them in tongues and they would leave as if I had given them an instruction. And another one came to me and, and I spoke to him in tongues and, and he left as if I had given him an instruction. And he said, so I opened my eyes again. I'm standing back in the the platform of my church. And I said, we're going to pray for our other missionary who was also in Mexico. And so he, he began to pray for him. And he said, I closed my eyes and I was back in that room. And he said, in that room, there were... There were things that were covered, like you might see a house that is uh, not being lived in and they cover the furniture. He said there were in this room, it was like there were pieces of equipment, like a copier, different things that were covered. And he was looking around the room, but when he would, would speak to the angel again, he would speak to him and the angel would go, well... The result of that praying was that both of those missionaries were attacked at different times. Uh, One of them had attackers come in the house and take their family, tie their family up. And when he walked in the house, he was was able to overcome them and uh, no one in the house was hurt. Even though they had tied up his wife and his daughter, they were not hurt. And he knew that was the angel. He had, he had dispatched an angel that he didn't realize. The other one was attacked with a gun uh, on the street and uh, overcame the attacker without any injuries. And so he knew, oh my goodness, that was the Lord. The Lord dispatched those angels through that. And so he said, a month went by, a month went by and he was praying one day and the Lord said to him, are you going to talk to me anymore about that room I showed you? And he said, I had to repent to God because I hadn't thought any more about it. And God said, I want you to talk to me about that room I showed you. I want you to talk to me about it. God had to come to him and say, there's more. He, he had seen the great results that happened when he entered into that spiritual place where that equipment was. But there was a lot of equipment he wasn't using yet. There was a lot of ability he hadn't tapped into yet. Hallelujah. And God had to come to him and say, do you want to know more about that room? Won't you talk to me about it? So do you see how we've got to learn how to ask God the right questions? Uh, Patsy Caminetti, who uh, was a a great uh, um, help to Brother Hagen for over 20 years in a healing school and in his ministry. She said the Lord told her 
ask me questions that only I know the answer to. I like that. Ask me questions that I'm the only one who knows the answer to because God wants to tell us. He wants to share things with us, but we've got to get beyond just the, the, the bare minimum of what we need to get by in life. There are so much uh, um, uh, avenues, so many avenues. There are so many different things that God wants to lead us into and prepare us for, and it's going to require us becoming students of our God that our Father God will personally teach us. He said, I will teach you how to profit. I will teach you what's best for you. I will teach you. But he's not going to force it. He's not, he's not going to come in and take the remote out of your hand. He's not going to come in and pull the Facebook out of your hand. He, he is going to be us coming and saying, I don't want that right now. I want you to show me some things. I want you to talk to me. I have a hunger to learn what you are teaching me. And so he said, I will teach you. So, you know, let's, let's find out what is the, the best way to approach our teacher. Let's come to him with attention. Let's come to him with our, our best I believe that's why the Bible emphasizes the early morning time with God. I mean, that's not a religious, traditional thing that thus saith the Lord, it has to be early morning. But I think in the mornings, God gets your best. Now, at first, I didn't believe that because I thought, Lord, I am so sleepy-headed at first. You know, you get out of bed and you're like, Lord, I got to find the, my way through the house. But he's getting the first of your day. And I'll tell you what, if he gets the first of your day, he can warn you about things that are going to come up that day. He can prepare you. He can deposit some things in you and you'll be on the interstate in traffic uh, and, and say, praise God. He talked to me about peace this morning. Cause if he hadn't talked to me, about peace, I'd be pulling my hair out right now. He'll prepare us. But we have that part of coming. We, he can't prepare us if we're hitting the snooze button. The, your spirit is not leading you to hit the snooze button. That's not your born-again spirit. That's the flesh. If, if, the, if the snooze button is employed, the flesh is the one employing it. Not your spirit. Your spirit wants to pray. Your spirit wants to read the Bible because it's life and light and food and health and strength to your spirit. So we have to look at God as our teacher. He has things to teach us. He's our heavenly father. He is our creator, but he wants to teach us how to profit. He wants to teach us, according to this translation, what is best for us. And we can't learn it without his teaching. We're not going to get it just by, by uh, randomly uh, uh, showing up at church. We're going to get it because we have an attitude. God has something he needs to teach me. I'm here to learn from God. I'm going to bring him my attention. And then he says he wants to lead us where we should go. Not every path is a path for you. And we shouldn't choose paths 
based on wrong criteria. People choose jobs based on money. They say, I'm going to take whichever one has the most money. I think you were telling me a story about somebody and you were saying where they have just finished their training and where are they going to take their job? And their response to her was, whoever offers me the most money. Well, you better, better ask God if there's a good church where that job is. Better ask God if there's a church family where your family's going to be safe. There was a, a person who... Um, Brother Hagen knew, and he had his wife had experienced uh, very, very difficult health problems and challenges until they started going, till they got saved and started going to this full gospel church where Brother Hagen was uh, ministering. And so he he went on and was no longer pastoring, but had come back and was talking with that man. And that man said, "I'm going to take another job because it's a like a triple raise." And Brother Hagen said, where is this job? And the man told him, he said, there's not a full gospel church in that region at all. Brother Hagen knew about that region. He said, your wife is, is healthy. Your, your kids are, are stable. You're, you would take your family away from where they have grown and, and gotten uh, their whole lives turned around just because of money. And he said, the man thought about it. And he said, the next time I came through town, the man said, I decided money wasn't worth it. I decided money wasn't worth it. So do you see, there are paths and we can't, we can't lean to our natural understanding to find them. He said, trust in the Lord, lean not to your own understanding. So when we have decisions about, about life direction, we need the leading of God. And we don't want to wait until a major decision to learn his leading. We want to learn his leading in, in the daily walk of life so that when a major decision comes, we're sure of his leading. We're confident in his leading. We, we've been practicing that leading. So there is a way we should go. We won't get on that path without his leading. You're not going to happen on it. It's not going to just, you're going to be like, oh, look at this. Surprise, surprise, surprise. No, not with the things of God. For us to get into the plan and the purpose of God, it will require us being spiritual. It will require that we have spiritual teaching and spiritual leadings of God. And so Psalm 25, 4 God said, the, the psalmist said to God, show me your ways, teach me your paths, lead me in your truth and teach me for you are the God of my salvation. So God has ways. We want to, we want to know them. He has paths. We want to learn them. We want to be led in the truth of God and taught by God. And then Psalm 32, 8 is another foundation verse we've used in this teaching. He says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. So we have an interaction in this relationship with God that requires our being led and our being taught. Praise God. 
And this is part of, this is the main way to get in agreement with God. To get in agreement with God, we need him to teach us. To get in agreement with God, we need him to lead us so that we're walking in that path and in that plan. And so the knowledge of God is what I want to emphasize today. We need to gain the knowledge of God. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6 talks about the knowledge of God. And it does so in a way uh, that shows what happens when people lack the knowledge of God. Hosea 4. Praise the Lord. And verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Let's remind ourselves that it doesn't say my people are destroyed because of Satan's ability or of his cunning or because he got the upper hand over us. No, people, talking about God's people, God said my people are destroyed not because it's my will, not because I have lifted my hand off of them, not because I haven't planned protection for them, but they're destroyed because they lack something. Because there's an absence of something in their life that is necessary for their lives. And it's the knowledge of God. They are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And we know from this text, it says they had rejected knowledge. They had rejected knowledge. Well, we want to be skilled in recognizing and embracing knowledge. That we come to the knowledge of God and we see it as light. But I want to move your definition of knowledge from here in the head to here in your spirit. Because the knowledge of God, it will renew the mind, but it's not presented to the mind first. The knowledge of God is a spiritual knowledge and it comes into our spirit and then we pull up the revelation or the knowledge of God and we use it as a barrier over our mind, a, a um, boundary, if you will, to, to set the knowledge of God in place in our understanding of the mind, but our spirit receives knowledge. Spiritual knowledge is received in the spirit. Your, your spirit receives that knowledge and it becomes revelation to you. And it provides access. Without the knowledge of God, you don't have access to things. If you don't know that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you won't come to the throne boldly. When you know, when you have the knowledge that I am the righteousness of God in Christ, not because of how I feel, not because of what I've done, not because I've read 25 scriptures this morning, not because I've kept everything perfect, but because Jesus was made sin for me, I've been made the righteousness of God. Now I can boldly approach the throne of God to receive help in time of need because I'm not coming on my merit. I'm coming in Jesus' name in his righteousness. But I have to know that for me to access it. If I don't know it... If I don't know it, you, have you ever heard the phrase, and it's not a scripture, but it's backed up by scripture, but the phrase that says, faith begins where the will of God is known. 
F.F. Bosworth, Christ the healer. Faith begins where the will of God is known. If, and when the, when the uh, leper came to Jesus and said, Jesus, I believe you can heal me. I believe you can cleanse me, but I don't know if you want to. I don't know if you will. And when Jesus settled that question, when Jesus said, I will be thou clean, when this, the question was settled, there was a knowledge that in, engaged his faith. So the knowledge, we grow in knowledge, we gain knowledge, it gives us access and operation. I think it's an interesting story, and many of you have probably heard it, of the man who uh, obtained a ticket on an ocean liner to come from uh, England over to the United States. He only had enough money to purchase his ticket. He did not have extra money to spend while on board, and so he packed enough cheese and crackers to last him if he portioned it out and rationed it out he would have enough cheese and crackers to eat every day of the voyage so that he would have enough food to make it until he arrived in the United States and he said he would get out his cheese and his crackers and he would go out and he would be eating and he said, I could see into the, the area where the dining room was and all of the people around the table eating at the captain's table, all of the people that were seated and, and being served the food. And I, was, I would just say, well, praise God that I have my crackers. Praise God that I have my, my cheese and, and it's enough to get me till I'm there. And you know, he had to have been hungry during that because those cheese and crackers weren't enough to fill him up for three, you know, three meals a day. And so he's, but he's, he's making it through. He's suffering through. He's, he's, he's just glad that he's make, made enough money to be able to get that ticket. And on the day before they are to land in America, he runs into the captain and the captain says to him, you know, I've noticed that you're, you haven't joined us in the dining room during the time that we have the meals. You've not come to any of the dinners that we've had, any of the meals that were served. And I just wanted to check, are you, you know, is everything okay? And the man said, well, I didn't have enough money to be able to pay for the food to eat, so I, I had brought cheese and crackers. And the captain said, sir, all of your meals were included in your ticket. The food was prepared, the place at the table was there, and he sat outside and ate his cheese and crackers because he lacked knowledge. The lack of knowledge is a major component of many people's difficulties and struggles in life. Because if we just knew The provision, the preparation, the victory, the strength, the authority that we have. The things that we know give us access into these kingdom operations. We've got to know it. Hallelujah. Another great example 
is the woman who worked for years. All of her life, she had served as a, uh, a, a, a maid to the Queen of England. She was in that area that personally attended to the Queen. And she was faithful to her position all of her life. She loved the job that she had there, working in the palace, working for the queen, preparing the queen's meals, taking care of the queen's clothing, all of the different responsibilities she had in those inner quarters of the queen's uh, service. And at the end of her life, as she was getting ready to retire, the queen gave her a special letter of appreciation, and so she was very honored by it. But you know, the woman hadn't, uh, uh, didn't have a husband, and I don't know if she was widowed or had never married, but she was on her own and didn't have uh, children, and so. As she is increasing in age and her health began to decline, she didn't have money for her health care. She didn't have money to be able to get the medicines that she needed, to be able to get any treatments that she needed. She wasn't eating right because she didn't have enough money to really get the nutritious food. She hadn't saved very much money. So she was struggling and she was living right there on that poverty line. She was, she was struggling financially and physically and a minister came to pray for her. And he came to lay his hands on her and to pray for her and to agree with her for for strength in her body and for restoration and for God to help her. And as he was there visiting with her in her house, he, he noticed on the wall that letter that she had received from the queen. And he said, where did you get this? And she said, that was the letter of appreciation that the queen gave me when I retired. I can't read But I was so honored that it has the queen's signature that I framed it and I put it on my wall. And I'm just so honored that she thought enough about me to write that letter of appreciation. But the minister is staring at this, reading it, and he says, ma'am, this is not just a letter. This is a grant. And this document says that you have the best health care available through the Queen's hospital and that you have money that should be coming to you every month to provide for you as your retirement from your service to the Queen. But because she lacked the knowledge, she was hungry. She was suffering because of what she didn't know. True story. True story. What she didn't know. And I I, I wonder how many times we've said, I've done everything I know. I've done everything I know. And, And that usually means I quit. Because I've done everything I know. So I don't know what else to do. So now I'm done trying. I'm going to quit. I give up. It's not working for me. Never give up just because you've done everything you know. Learn how to access the one who knows. Because if we just know what he knows, 
He knows what we need to fix. He knows what we need to change. He knows the approach we need to take or the change that we need to make. He knows if we learn how to know what he knows, then we won't be destroyed for lack of knowledge. The enemy won't get an inroad. The enemy won't be able to maintain a lack or a suffering if we just find out what it is we need to know in that situation. So that knowledge is vital. And it's, again, not mental. Let's go to Ephesians 1 and let's see that it is not just mental knowledge because it is, it is deceptive to become so inundated with information that you think, well, I've listened to six different tape series this week, CD series now, right? I've listened to all these messages. It can be one thing just to try to get a lot of information that doesn't necessarily bring knowledge. We want to know the difference between just the mental information and the spiritual knowledge. Ephesians 1 and verse 18 says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. We're talking about spiritual understanding. The understanding in your heart, not your mind. Your mind gets it second. Your spirit gets it and then you bring it up to your mind and renew your mind with it. So your mind has a part to play. There's a renewing of the mind, but the mind is not the receptor. Your spirit is the receptor of the understanding of the revelation. When revelation comes, it comes to your spirit. When revelation comes, it comes to your born-again heart. It doesn't come to the mind. We have to pull it up and we have to renew the mind with the revelation. But the, the heart, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. The spirit of the man is where the Lord lights his light, where the Lord shines his understanding, where the Lord reveals things to you. That's why you want to be more sensitive to those times when you said, something was telling me. Something was telling me. That, that wasn't something, that was somebody. That was the Lord speaking to your spirit. It is his preferred method of communication. God prefers to speak to your spirit because the devil can't manipulate it. He can't duplicate it. He can't replicate it. If you learn to live by the inward witness, Romans chapter 8 says the spirit bears witness with your spirit that you are the child of God. The most important thing you'll ever need to know, that you are a child of God. How does it come? Bearing witness with my spirit. So I need to be skilled in that communication. God doesn't want to have to bring a dream or a vision. He can and he does. We praise God. But you know what? The enemy can duplicate that. The enemy can bring a dream. The enemy can appear as an angel of light, but he can't duplicate the inward witness. So the spirit is what we want to become skilled in receiving. And he says, the eyes of your understanding. So there needs to be a seeing in my spirit. I need to be able to see some things with my spirit. Can you see your name is written in the Lamb's book of life? 
I can hear in my heart. I've never seen with my eyes that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life, but my heart knows that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know. So for us to come to knowledge, we need to have this light of God's word. We need to have the light of God enlightening the eyes of our understanding so that we can know. You know, this is an important prayer here in Ephesians chapter 1. And it's an important prayer that is very different than what a lot of times people pray today. If we're praying from our mind, if we're praying from the natural, we're praying what it looks like somebody needs. We're praying what it looks like somebody uh, uh, desires. But this spirit-led prayer says, let's go back and and just look at, at exactly how the flow of this prayer goes. 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge, in the knowledge of him. So your spirit operating wisdom and revelation. Your spirit needs to be skilled in wisdom that God is the only source of wisdom, of real wisdom. We need to be skilled in his wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, which will cause the eyes of our understanding to be enlightened so that we may know three important things, the hope of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance, the exceeding greatness of his power towards us. We need to know those things, but they won't be known by the mind first. They have to be known spiritually. They have to be spiritually discerned. You have to see them with the eyes of your spirit. You have to see them with your spiritual understanding. You have to comprehend spiritually what is the hope of his calling. What is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. What is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. We have to see those things spiritually. And to do that, we need to have our eyes, spiritual eyes on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we can not only pray this for ourselves, but we can pray this for other people. How many people do you have in your family that you could pray, God, let the eyes of their understanding be fully flooded with light? I mean, if they would know what you know now about God, they would be walking in the direction you are walking. If they knew God the way you know him, if they knew the love of God, if they knew the forgiving power of God. So what do they, they need to know something they don't know. What's keeping them where they are? Lack of understanding, lack of of knowledge, right? Because they don't know what you know. If they knew it, they would walk differently. Do you remember we we talked about this when when the women came to the tomb and Jesus You know, it's not in the tomb and the angel meets and says, what are you doing here? He's not here. Go tell the disciples he's in Galilee, just like he said he was going to be, right? Well, when they got a new knowledge, they got a new direction. They didn't say, well, let's hang out here at the tomb. We know Jesus is not in the tomb. We know Jesus has risen. So because we know something, 
We're not crying anymore. We're not despairing anymore. We're not grieving anymore. We're not sorrowing anymore. We're not, we're not hanging around in the, the place of, of death anymore. Where are we? We're going to go where we're going to go spread the news because we know something. When we know something, it switches the way we act. We go back to how you believe, how you think, how you believe, how you speak. They're all connected. And we've got to agree with God in how we think. We've got to agree with God in what we believe. We've got to agree with God in how we behave. Hallelujah. If I know that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, then I'm not a victim to shame and condemnation. If I know I'm the healed of the Lord, then I'm not begging for healing. I'm standing for the healing that's mine. It makes a difference in the way I pray. It makes a difference in the way I approach God. What I know affects how I'm dealing with that situation. Hallelujah. So the eyes of our understanding need to be enlightened. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2. And verse 3, Colossians 2, 3, that their hearts, praise God. I am looking at the scripture and I have written a different one down. Praise God. Chapter 2, verse 3. There I am. In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The Amplified says, In him all the treasures of divine wisdom comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God and all the riches of spiritual knowledge and enlightenment are stored up and lie hidden. God calls it a treasure. We should call it a treasure. If God calls this a treasure, then that means it's wealth. Spiritual wealth is the wisdom of God. Spiritual wealth is the knowledge of God. The more I know, the wealthier I am spiritually. He calls it a treasure. It says, in him are the treasures of this wisdom, this insight into the ways and purposes of God. Hallelujah. Insight into the ways of God. The more you know the ways of God the greater effectiveness your life will have. The more you can move ahead in his plan, the more you know his ways, insight into the ways of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. These treasures, the wisdom of God. It says in the Amplified, the riches of spiritual knowledgement and enlightenment are stored up and lie hidden. They're not hidden from us. Not from us. They're hidden for us. They're not hidden from us. How many of you have ever heard of George Washington Carver? 
who was in church one day. He was looking up at the ceiling because it wasn't an exciting church, I guess. It was a church he was kind of daydreaming as the pastor was preaching. And he's looking up at the ceiling and he says, he, he says, God, show me all the ways of the universe. Show me. He's, he's asking really big, you know. And, and God says, you're not ready for that. But I'll show you what you can do with a peanut. What came out of George Washington Carver's laboratory came out of his spirit. It came out of his spirit. He communicated with God and learned the ways of God and learned how to receive from God in his spirit. And he saw things in a way that changed our world, but he saw him in his spirit. They came from a spiritual communication of God revealing his ways to him and showing him things that he would not have seen any other way, that he would not have recognized or known or been able to implement just with the natural understanding. Every one of us have that available in our conversations with God. Every one of us have the ability to get in. God has a million ways to get you out of debt, and you only need one. Right? We just need to know the one that he says will work for us. God has, God has the ways for you to minister to your family or the ways for you to whatever it is that you have in your heart, the desire, the leadings, the promptings. God knows the way. We just need to know it. And the way to know it is in his presence. It's a treasure. And because it's a treasure, you have to dig for it like treasure. You have to search for it like treasure. Isaiah 28 and verse 9. Isaiah 28 and 9. says, Whom will he teach knowledge? And whom will he make to understand the message? Those just weaned from milk? Those just drawn from the breasts, for precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. When I first got saved, I just wanted to grow up. I just wanted to be mature. I prayed, Lord, help me grow up. I was so, so unlearned in the things of God. I was so unskilled in the things of God. I just wanted to be mature. I wanted to have nationwide ministry the week after I got saved. <laughs> but I wasn't ready for nationwide ministry the week after I got saved. I wasn't ready for worldwide ministry or for, or for citywide ministry the day I wasn't. I, I, I was doing good to get my dishes washed. You know, it's, uh, Joyce Meyer says, if you can't get victory over those dishes in the sink, you, go, you got work to do before you can go out and get victory everywhere else, right? I, I wanted it all to happen right away, but God knew that the way is to establish a person step by step, line upon line, line upon line. I, my first Spanish class, when I, I, I was uh, taking elementary Spanish, 
the teacher that we had, our professor, would take us very slowly through each different step because he didn't want us to miss a step. And there was a woman who wanted to go right to a certain verb conjugation that would have made it easy, a present progressive, which would have made it easy for her to say anything because all she would have had to do was to use the verb as star and then to use uh, uh, A-N-D-O at the end or I-N-D-O at the end. So she wanted to go right to... uh, Estoy preparando, or estoy uh, corriendo, or so she wanted to jump, but that is like at the end of the book for the first year, and he wouldn't take her there. He said, no, 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 be patient, be patient. You need to learn this, this way first, because it would have stunted her growth. For her just to go because she would have never used the other. She would have just she would have just fixed everything and said it that one way all of all of the times that she needed to say it. So he would he wouldn't teach it to her. And she got so fuming mad. I thought it is she is inappropriate the way that she is talking back to the professor. She's like, no, I just want you to teach me this part. He says, be patient. And that's what God had to tell me: be patient. Because I wanted to jump out, but I'm so glad because there are a lot of things that we need the foundation of, that we need the disciplines of, that we need to learn, that we need to have that built into us as we serve in our local church, as we, as we are faithful to the vision of the church where God has planted us, as we are learning and receiving, we are, are developing a foundation, and that foundation is one upon which God can build. Knowledge doesn't come in one major deposit of knowledge into your life. It comes line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. And it helps them unlock the next. You know, with Liliana, the first thing that we started doing when she was just two years old is we started letting her recognize letters. And then we would make the sounds of the letters. And, and then, so we, we spent a year, over a year, on the ABCs and what they sounded like. Ah, be, they, they. We, went, we go through the different sounds of the alphabet. We go through the different uh, uh, letters, uh, the vowel sounds, how the vowels can make different sounds. And then we can take those letters and build them into words. And now we're on sight words. Now she's at a place where she knows all the letters. She knows all the sounds that they make. And she can recognize them. Oh, mommy, there's an F in that word. They were on F last week. So she was recognizing every word that we saw. She would see there's an F in that word. Because that was what they were focusing on in her school this week. But now she's able to see sight words and put those words together. I don't need to practice my alphabet, but I use my alphabet every day. Not thinking about it, but just subconsciously, it's already there. It's ingrained in me. And because it's there, I can look at any word and read the word. I can sound it out because I know how it should sound, right? And so... It would be inappropriate to take 
a three-year-old and put them in sixth grade English. They're not ready for sixth grade English. They need line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. And the things of God operate in the same way. There are things that you need, the basics, that you and I, we all need to become skilled, and we never lose them. We never go beyond them. We never say, well, I don't need that anymore. But we say, I've got that in place. Now let me add to that. Let me build on that foundation because these treasures of knowledge come with maturity, and one understanding will unlock another truth. If I don't have an understanding, if I don't know how the vowels sound, I can't unlock the words in this as I move to the next grade. I've got to have the understanding so that it can unlock the next truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to share something that the Lord spoke through Charles Caps, And uh, I can, if, if, I want you to listen how the Lord begins to talk about this connection of one truth will unlock another truth. The Lord spoke through Charles Caps and said, In these days, saith the Lord, men will learn to walk in the avenues beyond the limits of the human mind, beyond the capabilities of their intellect to understand. For as you walk in the ways of my word, and as you speak the things that you've heard from my word, so shall it be that the avenues of the Spirit shall be expanded. The Spirit of men shall be expanded beyond that which was in days before. For as they walk in my word, the truths of my word will expand and release knowledge of other truths. As you walk in the word, remember what Brother Keith said, he invited all those people over to his house. They were just first-year students in Ramah. They were talking about something from the Bible that none of them knew the answer to. And they all went around the room and they talked about, well, I think it could mean this and I think it could mean this and I think it could mean this. And he said after everybody left and he laid down to go to sleep, the Lord asked him a question. The Lord, well, actually the Lord said to him, you are farther away from the truth about that subject than you were before that conversation started. Why? Because in the confusion, there was more confusion. In the dark, there's more dark. We're children of light. We're supposed to walk in the light. So we're not supposed to be rehearsing what we don't know. We're supposed to be emphasizing what we do know. Well, let me tell you what I know. I know that by his stripes I'm healed. I know that I'm redeemed from the curse of the law because Jesus was made a curse for me. I know that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I know. So if we'll emphasize what we know, then we're in a position for more light to come. So he said, as you walk in my word, the truths of my word will expand and re release knowledge of other truths. Every new truth that comes forth from within you shall release and unlock truths other truths in my word. I have had that happen to me. I've had that happen to me where I have been studying on something and it's like that V8 moment. You want to hit your head and say, I got it. That's what it means. That fits here and that fits here. 
You know, pastor, you'll be preaching something and, and, and you'll be like, oh, that's, that, it, it starts to fit with other things that God has shown you through the week. Why? Because the truth is unlocking truth. The truth is revealing greater truth. He said it will be an endless chain reaction that will begin. It will flow in these days beyond what men have imagined or seen in the days past. Into the area of finances shall it be. Into the area of wisdom and understanding in the spiritual realm shall it be. For men shall bring to pass that which was spoken in my word. That the knowledge of the Lord shall fill all the earth. It will fill from the east to the west. From the north to the south. A knowledge and wisdom beyond what has been in days past. Because men have dared to walk and stand upon my word at last. For these are the days of greater manifestations of my power and wisdom and of my knowledge. That shall be released in the earth. And the glory of the Lord shall fill all the earth with wisdom beyond that of the human mind. Oh, family, we need to desire that. They, listen to this. They will bring it forth. Talking about the wisdom of the word. They will bring it forth as it were as diagrams or spiritual equations before the eyes of multitudes shall it be. And it shall be conceived in the hearts of these, and they will walk in the light of it. It will break down the barriers of the resistance of evil forces. So shall they walk in the divine flow of understanding beyond the ability of their mind to conceive. It will not be in the mind or in the realm of the mind. It will be in the realm of the spirit. For it is in the realm of the spirit that my word shall release Words that Jesus spoke, they are spirit and they are life. These words coming alive in the hearts of men shall bring forth a great power of wisdom and understanding in the earth. Oh, it will be so in the, last, in the days before the coming of Christ that the things that have been faith in days past will become common knowledge in the end times. You will see the great revelation and knowledge coming forth in a divine flow of spiritual understanding and wisdom. Men shall rise from low degree and ascend to the top to be the head, as it were, in financial affairs. Because they dare to walk upon my word, because they dare to apply the principles they have heard. And you will see it come to pass, for you know that my word has spoken, and it shall not return void, that the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just, and it will eventually, and even is now, finding its way into their hands." For it is a new day, saith the Lord. It is a new hour. You are walking upon realms of new horizons and new spiritual understandings. So begin now to gird up the loins of your mind, establish that which you believe, and walk in the prosperity of my word in a divine flow. Launch out, launch out beyond, launch out beyond what you have done in days past. Begin to believe me. Thank you, Lord.